Curious Conversations About Sex is brought to you by Curious Creatures, who run a variety of workshops on self-development and sexuality in Australia. My name is Rog. Today, we're listening back to an episode from 2018 with uh, Shawnee Love on the topic of what to do when things go wrong or how to recover when things go wrong. Uh, I wanted to have a listen back to this episode. I feel like I've been fielding uh, a lot of questions lately uh, around this theme. And part of my answer around that is as you explore your sexuality, uh, like whether you're moving into more kink and power dynamics stuff, I mean, things are definitely going to go wrong there. But even just as you're exploring touch and your creativity and your interests and your partner and yourself it is inevitable um, that things will go wrong maybe maybe we'll just do a little like show of hands put your hand up if you've um ah oh, damn it podcast medium that's not going to work for the record i had my hand up um i absolutely identify as someone that you know with um the best of intentions, or at least good intentions, uh, I for sure have gotten things wrong. Um, and there's some stuff in this episode that I kind of wish I'd known before those experiences. I want to stress there's a huge difference between someone that never is intending to do the right thing in the first place uh, versus someone who's wanting to do the right things, but is running some experiments, uh, maybe taking some risks, hopefully appropriate ones, um, and things go wrong. You just, you misread a situation or something happens that you didn't anticipate, uh, or you misunderstood a communication or something like that. Um, so this episode is definitely more about the latter of those two groups. Uh, Shawnee Love, I very much recommend you look them up. Uh, they teach shadow kink, uh, sort of spirituality and sex, um, the, maybe they even like the darker sides of humanity. I don't know if that's something that agree with. Um, and just sex positivity generally. Um, they tend to run workshops or events uh, around the world. I will stick a link to them in the show notes and here is a chat with them so to today's question which is as a top how do you recover in the moment when things don't go right or as planned or as triggered um so i um help me out surely i interpreted this question as when when i'm like holding space or running a scene or being the top or the dom or whatever it is um but but things go off the rails for whatever reason does does the question make sense to you yeah um i hear that question as as a professional who's taking someone on an erotic journey Uh if things don't go according to plan how do i recover oh yeah is that that a fair question nice nice i like it yeah 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 um i reckon yeah that sounds great um so i'm thinking about it professionally and personally but yeah yeah uh, all right, so I might just wade into this one. Yeah, first. go ahead and hear what you have to say. <laughs> Great. Um, so I think first but foremost, prevention is the best cure. Uh, like going through, so I, I produce my consent cards with the list of questions to ask before going into an activity or a scene, or, or just generally having a really good thorough chat with someone is by far going to be the best way to make sure that you're on the same page about everything and that things are less likely to go off the rails. So, yeah, prevention is better than a cure. I agree with you. 
Um, and I also say that um, if you're in the context of a relationship where you've established trust and caution and um, then whatever whoopsie incidences come up, uh, it's just going to be much easier to recover from them and go into a debrief and mm-hmm. probably use them as a spot to build even more trust if you do that process well. Like, yeah. Um, so, yeah, but that said, like, I think um, I, I think this question could be about quite a few things. Like, it could be about a safety incident or it could be about when someone in the scene gets triggered or it could also be about when the when you imagine the scene's going to be, like, arousing or exciting or interesting or just even go in a particular kind of mood or direction and it yeah, doesn't. Yeah. So my thoughts on that were that if it's a if it's a safety situation, then just call call red, stop the activity, and do whatever you need to do to get out of the scene. Um, like cut the ropes, forget about clothing or whatever, and forget about whatever roles you might have been in, and just just go straight to the safety issue. I, I think that's pretty straightforward. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't need a whole lot of explaining. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if someone's triggered. So we, we should probably explain triggering. Triggering is when something happens to you, like help me out here with the definition, but I, I think of it as when something happens to you and it triggers a response in you that relates to some other time and some other place. Is yeah, it? when you bump into an old wound that's inside you. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. I like that. So I think, um, I think if someone gets triggered in play, um, just... Like check in, and if you need to drop, if you're doing a role play, if you need to drop out of role and just have a plain language check in with them, just like find out what's going on. Mm-hmm. And if it's if it's like in my experience, in a lot of times people will be like, oh no, yeah, please continue, continue, yeah, like you know, there's snot leaking from my face and I'm wailing, but um, but mm-hmm. please continue. Um, other times, if someone is getting a little bit despondent uh, I feel from a psychological perspective I might be moving into the risk of re-traumatising or just some really tricky territory so if someone doesn't answer me when I check in how they're doing like I will actually stop and then yeah. say alright I'm going to ask you again and if you can't give me a congruent and enthusiastic yes and a green and so forth then I am going to go in I'm mm-hmm. going to assume it's red no I'm calling I'm going to call red at that point mm-hmm. in time and I'm going to take us out of this activity mm-hmm. and yeah if they don't respond then I do so and find out what's going on mm-hmm. you can of course then go back into play but yeah, yeah but I think it's important not to keep playing with someone that can't respond Absolutely. <laughs> now that I say it like that this seems like the most obvious thing in the world but <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 um and I guess on the on the last point is um, if a scene or activity it, it just winds up with not the vibe that you were hoping for, like it's not as sexy as you were thinking or not as up or excited or whatever, then I think just to, to notice the feedback and check in and like speaking for myself, free myself from the expectation that the scene needs to go in any particular mm-hmm. direction, even, yep. if, even if I realise on the fly that I did actually have expectations. Um, just, yeah, tune in to the direction it's trying to go and um, take it from there. Um, I guess if things are really wobbly, yeah, you've got to remind yourself that you're a good person with good intentions. And even if you make a fuck up and someone called red or someone had a big, strong reaction to something you did, you've got to remind yourself that... You know, if you were, yeah, if you were there with the right intentions and you did your negotiations and so forth, then it's going to happen. And if you've done everything to set up trust and safety, then, yeah. 
Yeah, and then I guess lastly, just debrief fully. Um, debrief both sides, find out what was going on there, and um, yeah, uh, learn anything you need to learn, and sure. apologise for anything you need to apologise yeah, for, yeah, yeah, have yeah. another go another day. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the more safety nets in play from the start, the deeper you can go into these things, like the more um, emotional yeah. things that you can put, the more con- things you can put in the container, yeah. the deeper um, you can go with the person you're playing with. What sort of safety nets are you thinking about? Um, Obviously safe words. Safe words, but not just red, but also orange, yeah. which you call amber here, I think, in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, I'll call amber quite often during scene. Mm. And amber try to hold the energy as it is without mm. backpedaling at all mm. and then doing a little check-in mm. and so it allows us to take a break without losing the momentum of the scene that we're in yeah so for folks who are new to safe words orange is generally interpreted as meaning i'm approaching a limit and at some stage soon something's going to need to change something like that yeah, we use it really specifically. Um, I want to okay. communicate about something. I don't want to lose okay. the scene. I don't want to end the scene. Okay. But I want to communicate yeah. about something. So orange means okay. I need a glass of water or I'm going to take my shirt off yeah. or shut the window or yeah. I hate this music okay. or grab a condom. Yeah. But I want to stay yeah. in the scene, but I want to change some little detail. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. orange can also, in it, the way I use it, is orange. Um, yeah, you're not responding the way I was going, I thought you were. I just want to check you're okay. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. it's nicer, often nicer to do that than call red. Yeah. Because red, red's very final. So a great little example here of why it's great to chat and at first and make sure you're on the same page. We have slightly different understandings yeah. how orange yeah. is to be used. Both of them are perfect. But, oh, my God, it's so important to be on the same yeah. page. And I imagine with that safety net... One of the safeties you have is that when someone calls orange, it's respected, and the other person responds in tune and in kind. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, Taking yeah. a breath together, not physically disengaging at all. Yeah. Just like if I'm holding you by the hair, yeah. And you say orange, I keep holding your hair, so it's yeah. not lose any of the energy of the scene. Yeah. And then you can say what you need to say. I need to take my shirt off, or grab a condom, or grab a breath yes. mint, or. Yes. Do you know, change the music? And then once we've done those things, we can say green again and start playing again. So, yeah, yeah orange is a really useful tool the way, I, I, the way I'm using it in that safety net. If someone calls red, yes, it's really important not to drop abruptly the scene, but to, um, if you say red, mm. to take a deep breath, or maybe even two together. Mm. And mm. then gently step away. So there's no abrupt dropping of the person I'm playing with. Oh. Yeah. So it's really gentle. Take a deep breath. Oh. And let it, know, let it be known at the start that's going to happen. So oh. if someone says red, take a deep breath or two and then really gently come apart and then you enter that phase of debrief and deconstructing. And oh, I like it. I'm so glad we had this conversation. Because yeah. I, when someone calls red on me, I tend to put the priority on sending a really strong message quickly that I've heard the red and am responding but you're right, that could actually be jarring if yeah. you go too far in that direction. So I like what you're saying. Yeah. And by letting them know, by taking a deep breath, you are letting them know you've heard them. Yeah. But you're also trying to avoid jarring them. Yeah, yeah. okay. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey there, listener. I'd like to make you a little proposal. I love making this podcast for free because it helps me spread the word about sex positivity. 
but I could use your help in spreading the word just by sharing this episode if that's not too absurd. For every 10 stories that you listen to, please recommend it to someone that might like it too. (laughs) This is not a real contract, for you got no say. I would if I could frame it some other way. And if sharing's not for you, that's fine. There's nothing to do. Please listen without guilt to this podcast I built. So what about your thoughts more broadly uh, on, um, yeah, as a... You wanted to identify more as a professional or as a... Well, no, yeah, normally I'm working as a professional and yeah, holding right. people on their erotic journeys. So what do you do when things go slightly off the rails? Yeah, so it's quite a broad spectrum of a question. Sometimes someone is triggered and has a trauma. It's quite, quite rare these days, but the more safety that's in place, the more that's in noise. On the other end of the spectrum, maybe it's not feeling as erotic as it was supposed to. Yeah. Um, on one, one occasion... I gave someone their money back after a session. Right, yeah. Because um, yeah. they expected me to do certain things that I was not able to do. They, uh, they wanted genital arousal from yeah. me, which yeah. I said, I don't do, I don't take my trousers off during a first session. Yeah. And they said they insisted they really want that, so they paid me money. I couldn't do it, but yeah. I said, no, no, no. And they said, please, please, please. So I said, yes. And I just couldn't perform the way they wanted to. They wanted to yeah. lie. I won't go into details yeah. um, but I couldn't yeah. perform the one they wanted so yeah. I said I shouldn't have said yes here's your money back yeah. and um, yeah. that's fair enough particularly like if um, if you agreed to a particular service and for whatever reason then uh, yeah that makes sense and yeah. also I'm reminded of oh gee the complexity of being human gee it's a fun ride yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm. So, so yeah so go on yeah, you're saying it's a broad Broad spectrum. It's a really broad question. It could mean a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if if it's emotionally not on the level I thought it was going to be on, I'll I'll often call orange. Yeah. So I have a pause, checking in without losing the energy where we are, and then I'll ask the question: Who is this for? Right. Is it for them or for me? And what emotion is inside me? What emotion do I need to have? Because mm. if they're paying me, it's for them. And what emotion do I need to find inside myself? So mm-hmm. I want to navigate, have a communic- have a navigation and conversation around where it's supposed to be. If they're really enjoying it, even if I'm not feeling what I'm supposed to, then I'll continue down the path we're on. But having a moment to check in to make sure that's good is, is really useful. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, th- those checking in moments of orange are really useful because people often say, spank me harder, hit me harder, mm. use different words. Mm. There's a world of difference, but some people like being called cunt and some people mm. hate it. Yeah. And sometimes you touch people's genitals, they'll say it's a yoni or a pussy mm. or a cunt. Yeah. And yeah, if you say the wrong word to the wrong person, yeah, you, blow, you can blow it. Yeah. So yeah, checking in on yeah. little details like that. Yeah. Yeah, if someone's traumatized, you can often see something's going on for someone. And that's when I'll say, Orange, what do we need to do here? Yeah. 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 And I'll call orange before red most of the time mm. because um, I'll need to have a commu- conversation around where we are and what do they need and where are they. Mm. Um, sometimes at the start of the session, I'll ask, I'll, I'll guess I'll intuit if I need to ask, are we likely to bump into any trauma today? Because mm. most yeah. people do have trauma around sexuality yeah. for some reason, rather, especially women have trauma. They've yeah. had their boundaries crossed. I mean, yeah. most people have. Yeah, and sometimes when you're going into a particular activity, you can sort of predict that something that's coming up is likely to be a bit trauma-triggering. Yeah. yeah, so I often ask, are we likely to bump into trauma? And if we do... And, yeah. yeah, yeah. if we do, how do you want me to respond? Yeah. 
and having that question up front, it lets them know that it's it's available, mm. and if if or if if I can hold it or not. Mm. Yeah. 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 So yeah. it's these kind of safety nets, having these questions in place. Mm. Um, sometimes people want to feel deep, powerful emotional release, which can look like trauma. Yeah. So knowing the difference between someone being traumatized or someone howling and getting all their locked emotions out so mm-hmm. yeah knowing the difference and that comes with a bit of practice yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it yeah. also comes with communication yeah and saying is this what you need to be doing yes yeah it's also amazing when people get familiar with using the word green they can go from wailing hailing sobs and screams just with the occasional green green yeah yeah it's a nice tool yeah absolutely and then people can say, people can be verbally abusive to me mm. and tell me to stop, stop, stop. I hate what you, I hate you, fuck off. Yep. Green. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's the sweetest thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Ultimately, if someone's having a trauma and I'm, we're not able to deal with it then, I'll say, orange, where are we? And if the communication doesn't sound right, then I'll say, red, we're going to end mm. the scene now. And I'll, what yeah. aftercare do we need? And that can be everything from giving physical space or yep. to really embracing them. Can I get you to say a little more about uh, if the communication doesn't feel quite right? You said you'll check in, and I think you said if the communication doesn't feel quite right, you might then... Yeah. So, um, so what do you mean by not quite right? Yeah, a big part of the work as a professional dominant is reading the client, reading the person yep. I'm playing with. And if I'm not able to read them, if the communication from their eyes and their voice and their breath and their words doesn't add up, yeah. and I'm not able to read them or understand where they are, yeah. then I'll, I'll stop the journey. Yeah, I'll great. I'll stop the journey. I am, um, like, again, drawing from the psychology world, I think of this as congruent feedback. So if, if someone, even if their words say, yes, I'd like to continue, but all of their body language looks like it's mixed or no, or you know, their voice makes weird, warbly, broken, cracked sounds as they speak or whatever, yeah. 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 It can be a good moment to just like pause and check in a little bit. Yeah, more. pause and check in. Mm. And you can stay in orange for quite some time sometimes. Yeah. Mm. Orange. Mm. And you can stay in that orange zone for five or ten or twenty minutes if you need to and then mm. to make a decision later on. Mm. And in the orange zone you can drink tea and talk about the weather and have a breath mint and have a pee break and then yep. shall it continue or do we need to leave it here? Mm. Yeah. 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 Great. Mm. All right. Um, anything finally we want to say? So the question is, as a top or as a professional, how do you recover in the moment when things don't go right or as planned? Yeah, you know what? I'm just thinking, I got to thinking about what examples tend to happen most for you. I know that for me, I think that I or myself, whether it's, whether it's partners or clients or whatever, we often put a lot of pressure on ourselves, particularly if we've got an elaborate scene to be really energetic and enthused and up and upregulated and stuff but what often winds up happening is that people are just tired they've had complex days and complex mm-hmm. weeks and mm-hmm. life and health and so forth so i reckon for me a lot of the challenge is just being able to go yeah let's just chill let's just do the scene as as we've discussed but let's just relax it a little bit let's allow a little bit more space let's not put the pressure on ourselves to go nuts I don't know, I, I feel like that one comes up a bit. Do you have any particular ones that you think like, tend to come up? Yeah, if if the, if the journey's not going where we want to go and we call orange and we renegotiate where we we're gonna, going to go, don't be afraid, or I'm not afraid to take a few steps backwards 
and go back to some basic touch or some loving touch or even erotic massage or something. Mm. So we can avoid the heavy BDSM and go back to something much more simple, mm. which is still nurturing and holding and still allows that space to be, you know, still allows that person to feel held mm. and just taking a step away from that violent BDSM and still, yeah, that's yeah. one of the ways. Yeah, nice. Mm. All right, wonderful. Well, I'd just like to say a quick note to um, regular listeners, particularly folks that have come to my workshops. Uh, yeah, just to clarify that uh, Shawnee and I have got slightly different uses of the words orange and red, and I just want to say all systems are perfect. Um, sorry about the confusion, but again, um, beautiful example of why you need to get on the same page and understand what systems you're using and what they yeah. mean and how you're going to use them. Because, yeah, yeah both systems are perfect. Yeah, so at the start of any session or start of any new client journey or any workshop, make everything up clear up front. Yeah. Which really neatly and conveniently brings us right back to the start, which is that prevention is the best cure. Yeah. If you front load the play with lots of communication yeah. and agreement and understanding, yeah. then you're less likely to have whoops and baby moments. Absolutely, yeah. Right. More safety nets in place, the, the deeper you can go. Thank you so much for sharing your Thank you, Roger, and thank you, everyone out there. I would love to hear a little more about yourself. I wonder if you could tell me a little about what generally you like to offer and who your perfect client is and where they can find you. Okay, thank you. Um, as I said, I started about seven years ago and started doing workshops. During my first workshop, got my first private booking. Um, back then, I was advertising, I was doing quite deep, powerful, violent initiation type, type BDSM, but I found people wanted more. After the BDSM, they wanted, also wanted softness. So I started putting more softness on my website. Mm. So now if you look at my website, shawneylove.com, you'll find the full gamut of extreme BDSM to really soft, nurturing um, play. So it's quite broad. When you ask me what's my ideal client, it's quite broad. Mm. I like people who want... I, my ideal client is someone who goes, there's something in my erotic shadow I need to explore, and I want a safe, powerful place to explore it. So it's a person who wants to feel held as they explore some part of their kink or some part of their fantasy or some part of eros that they haven't had a chance to explore yet. And I guess that's yeah. my, my, my perfect client. Beautiful.